This is a Wool Observatory podcast. Hello, everybody. In this episode of Star Stuff, we will be exploring the constellations that are easy to see in spring. Today, to help us with our storytelling adventure, we have a few of our lol experts here. We have co-host Haley Osborne. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> John Compton. Hey, pals. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. And Hannah Zyko. Hi. Glad to be here. Hannah is um, new to the podcast, but not new to lol marketing efforts. Uh, she's on our TikTok quite often. So if you haven't followed us on TikTok, go do it. First, we're going to start with a very popular one, one that from what I understand is super easy to see in the night sky uh, around this time, Ursa Major, uh, which I just also learned as a part of the Big Dipper. I did not know that. Uh, and it's supposed to be a guiding constellation. Like you can use this constellation to find all the others that we're going to talk about. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what's cool about the Big Dipper is you can use it to help orient yourself in the night sky. So, And it's one that I used to pride myself in being able to find partic- like really easily until I realized that I, I think I was looking at the wrong one the whole time. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> so how do you find this boy? Yeah, it's the bear, the big bear constellation. So for me, the best way that I find it is I look north. It's pretty much directly north. And oh. where we are in Flagstaff, the best time to see it, I would say, is like in the spring and the summer because it gets a little bit too low in the horizon to see it in the winter. But yeah, spring and summer, I just go out. And if I don't know where north is, all iPhones or smartphones have like a compass on them nowadays. So you can just like look for north and then it's it's right there. Um, and it looks like a dipper. So. And what sciencey stuff can you tell us about this one? So what I really like about it is the different objects that are in Ursa Major. Some of my favorite objects to show people at Lowell are in Ursa Major. So there is a visual binary star. There's galaxies. I like the fact that the Big Dipper is also like the closest open cluster to us. So there's quite a lot. There are galaxies in the Big Dipper? Yeah, so not like actually in the Big Dipper, it just like kind of looks like it. So to us, the sky looks flat, so everything looks like the same distance, but actually they're outside of our galaxy. So, but they're in the general area. So there's the Bodes, the Bodes galaxy. Isn't that a Messier object? I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I remember Mm -hmm. that from Marathon. Yeah. And the uh, you said there was an open cluster. What is what is that? Sorry. So an open star cluster is just a bunch of stars that are clustered together, but they look openly in the sky. Got they're it. They're open. <laughs> and when stars are born, they're like all close together. And so I call them like teenage or like young adult stars to where they're starting to leave the nest, like they're growing up and they're, you know, spreading apart. Uh, but they're, they're not old, that old yet. They're getting there. Little punks. So, yeah. But that's what the Big Dipper is. Like, is 
it's an open star cluster, but it's just really close to us. So we don't see them like clustered like that, like the Pleiades. The Pleiades is one that they all look really clustered together. It's another open star cluster, but. So are they close to each other relatively? Yeah. So those stars in the Big Dipper, they're actually like in space, like close to one another. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And it depends, I guess, what you consider close in space. Yeah. Right. (laughs) True. I had a little kid one time, uh, I told her what open star clusters were and she was like, oh, so they're sibling stars. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were all like born together-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Are they some from the same like exploding thing? Yeah. It made them? That's a, I, I'm assuming everything in space is because of an explosion. So I mean, more yeah. or less. <laughs> so how, how they're formed is like in a space cloud. So these space clouds have a fancy name and they're called nebulas, but I like to tell everyone that they're space clouds. I mean, they are. And that space cloud was formed from remnants of other stars dying and exploding and creating those things. And then stars are born from that same gas and dust. So they all had the same star daddy. <laughs> or mom. <laughs> the same, the same star cloud. The same stellar nursery. Yeah, they're called stellar nurseries. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting with this one in particular, how many cultures around the world identify this as a bear. Because uh, looking at it, I wouldn't think bear. But uh, we've got the Greek astronomer Ptolemy. Yeah. Ptolemy. Yeah. And um, we have a lot of um, Native American cultures uh, that outlined it as a huge bear as well. Though some, it was really cool. I read it was like three cubs or three hunters in pursuit of a bear inside this constellation. So my takeaway is that a while ago, bears were like a seriously bad or prominent thing that people had to think and worry about. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's almost like some cultures force their culture on other cultures. Weird. Hmm. Interesting. Can't think of any examples. <laughs> no, none. <laughs> It translates to the greater she-bear, which uh, should be my new nickname, in reference <laughs> to Osa Minor, which is a lesser bear. And there is some hot steaming tea about the Greek mythology story regarding some, like, Sancha, and she was, like, had a, had a baby, and then they became bears. Uh, which one of you wants to tell that, that story? Because it's quite salacious. I don't mind. If you want me to tell it, I'll definitely go for it, John. Go for it, John. Yeah. So, um, oh no, I don't remember a lot of their names though. Um, I wrote them down because it's. it's You wrote on the Roman ones. Oh, just kidding. They're different. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, um, The names are relevant. Um, Susie, uh, Kevin. um, Susie's and Kevin's. Derek. Derek, uh, uh, The the basic idea is that um, Zeus and uh, a lady kind of had a kid together, but Zeus was married at the time. So uh, the woman gives birth to the child and um, Hera is super mad uh, and basically decides to curse this lady and says, Oh, you think you're, you think you're so hot. You, you know, you can, you can be with my husband like that. Um, uh, I'm going to turn you into this hideous, like nine foot tall drooling stinky bear. Mm-hmm. And then, like, good luck stealing my boyfriend, you know? It's like, Kara, come on. Like, yeah. you know, women, we got to have each other's backs here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, 
you know, he she turns her into this gross bear, and the kid kind of grows up with like grandparents or whatever. But um, whenever the grandparents were asked, you know, what happened to mom? What happened to dad? And it was like, well, they were eaten by this big nine foot tall, gross, hideous bear. Um, and that's why you live with us. So the kid was like, well, I'm going to avenge their death. I'm going to avenge my mom's death. Um, so uh, he grew up sort of like um, honoring Artemis. Yeah, Artemis, um, who is the goddess of like the wild hunt. So like, um, like running with wolves and like beating an elk to death with your hands and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and so he was like this. This big time hunter, Very and um, he uh, one day stumbles across uh, this nine foot tall, drooling, hideous, stinky bear, and is like, "Oh, that's the bear that killed my mom," you know. And um, so he's like, oh, "I'm gonna get you." And the bear, the bear, his mom is like, "It's like, rah, 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 rah. it's like, I love you. It's me, your mom," you know. <laughs> and um, so uh, she like bolts, and she goes to a temple because you can't hunt in a temple, and she knows she's like safe. So she dips in there and the kid's like, well, this bear's, you know, there's one entrance. So I'm just going to wait out here. And like time goes on and the bear's not coming out. So the kid's like, okay, what, what's going on here? Goes and looks inside. The bear's just basically hanging out, you know, like, like chilling, know, on the chilling on a bench, reading a magazine, whatever, you know. <laughs> and um, and at that point, they're both in there. And so now a temple is a connection to the gods. So Zeus is like, oh, 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 I get it. Okay. Oh no, oh no. Like what but so Zeus is not the smartest when it he he like means well. Like he wants to help people, but he does not understand people at all. So he's like, what could I do? I'm Zeus. Like I could I could write on the wall like your mom's a bear, but that could be like conceived as like a weird insult. Um he could transform the lady back into a human. That would make sense, but Hera might be annoyed. Um, so he comes up with the best plan he can think of using a hundred percent of his Zeus brain and just turns the kid into a bear. Um, and then is like, okay, I did it. Bye. You're welcome. And they're like, what? No, bye. Hey, come back. Um, so now they're both bears and they can talk to each other and they're like big bear hug and all that kind of stuff. But Hera's mad that like her like curse was circumvented. Like, um, and so she grabs them both by the tails and like Bolo whips them around and hucks them in the night sky. <laughs> and so like in uh, Greek mythology, when you would touch the night sky like that, it was called your catasterism. And it's like you touch the night sky and you become stars. Right. Oh. So then they became stars. And the idea is she hucked them to the north and the south a little bit or no, to two parts around the uh, Polaris so that they can't be together. Um, and uh-huh. I think it's fun uh inclusion in the science because um off of the tail of ursa major is a uh galaxy whirlpool galaxy and it looks like sort of the um the vortex left over by a tail being flipped wildly into the air Um, (laughs) it kind of it kind of fits like they got stuck up there and then (laughs) little galactic which i always thought was fun that's cool so I they're like going the around Polaris? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tail of the little bear actually is, is Polaris. Oh, mm-hmm. really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is, but is Erna, so it's Ursa Minor is baby bear, little mm-hmm. bear, if you will. And then Ursa Major is mama bear. Are they both visible right now, or is it really just Ursa Major, the big dipper? Ursa Minor is always visible from the Northern Hemisphere because 
It's like directly north. So again, like Polaris is the tip of the tail of Ursa Minor. So it's just, right. it's always right. up. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, Ursa Major, because it is a little bit lower, yeah, it's easier to see at least where we are. And is this the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. The Big okay. Dipper and the Little Dipper are not constellations. They're um, things that people make up in the night sky, and they're within the constellations of Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. So and those we things like, are oh, wow, these beautiful stories. Instead, they're spoons. Well, because that's the part that most people can identify, you know, and yeah. um, and th- those are the ones that are in a lot of cultures out there. And but um, they're not official constellations because those have been like regulated, mm-hmm. so they're considered asterisms. Asterisms, okay. Yeah. But like you can make up your own asterism, um, you know, make up a story for it. Uh, um, history is storytelling. Um, language is fluid. Um, the reason we have so many of these stories are because they were passed by word of mouth. You can make up your own constellation story. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, make up your own asterism and then an asterism story to go with it. I always do that. Always. Yeah. <laughs> talk yeah. about the summer uh, triangle and the winter hexagon. And I just, I always talk about that and it's compared mm-hmm. to Origa. Well, I do. I actually do talk about uh, the constellations that are in the summer triangle. But uh, well, in this version, it's Derek and Kevin and Susie. Yeah. Instead of Zeus and. Don't let the Greeks gatekeep. Like (laughs) whatever story you want. I uh, when I was looking this one up, I saw something really cool. Is that this Ursa Major specifically? was mentioned in the Odyssey by Homer in Shakespeare and in Tennyson and is also featured in the Starry Night painting by Van Gogh. Yep. Which I didn't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like right over uh, the Possibly middle. it's also mentioned in, uh, what is it, Book of Job in the Bible and uh, in the Vulgate as Ar- Arcturus. Yep. So Arcturus is a, is a star. Um, star. But uh, the, the sun's in name... Bodhi. Yeah, the son's name is Arcus, and the the mom is Callisto. Oh. Yeah, which is cool. Oh. Callisto is one of Jupiter's moons. Yeah, all of all of the moons of Jupiter are because um, Jupiter is the Roman version of Zeus. All of the moons are uh, his special friends. So, oh really? <laughs> yeah, <Rex. laughs> yeah. Which I think is hilarious because the Juno mission. Special friends. Yeah. Well, the Juno mission that went out to Jupiter. Juno is the Roman version of Hera, so NASA basically sent Zeus's wife to go check on him and all of his special friends. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, that's very good. <laughs> that is awesome. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, I love. <laughs> uh huh. It's even better Hera. when you realize that there's like eighty moons of Jupiter. Oh my god! So, really? Yeah, there's, there's like a, a lot, lot of, of moons. I mean, that tracks. So. Um, so let's talk, we mentioned the, uh, Bo, Boities. Am I saying that right? Yeah. I mean, okay. So Boities. Um, so John, take us through what that is, Boities. Oh, well, so Boities has been through a lot of iterations as well. Um, you know, for a while it was, um, like, uh, a guy hunting with two, like, hunting dogs. Um, <laughs> And uh, that that was in plenty of cultures, and it, it, that one goes pretty far back. Um, so if you look at it, it kind of makes sense. Like the little feats are uh, the little feats of <laughs> the little feats. 
because it looks like a fish to me or like a weird ice cream cone. But um, yeah, that, the little feet areas were the two like dogs. And the idea is that they were just running these dogs around and they were chasing, um, hunting the stars of Ursa Major, like the individual stars in it. And then the bear kind of mythology crossed with that mythology. And then it became that um, they were chasing the bears themselves. So they were hunting the bears, um, chasing them around. The bears of Ursa Major and Minor? Mm -hmm. Those, they went through enough. I know, crazy talk. Please. Uh, Kevin White, he was like, oh yeah, Bodies could also be looked at as like the human version of Argus. And so it's like he's hunting his mom, um, but then he gets turned mm-hmm. into a bear oh, yeah. and he's Ursa Minor. And, th- and that makes sense because the major star is Arcturus. Exactly. Arcturus. Yeah. Arcturus. Um, oh. So this, this one is also um, kind of deals with the uh, story of Atlas, which I really like. Um, and so like the, the, the ball part, you can, if you look at it, it, it kind of, kind of works. The ball part of the constellation is like the, um, uh, holding up the celestial sphere. Mm. And then he's basically dipping down into a power squat. Looks like a crab holding the world. Yeah. But, um, it's fun because with proper motion, like, so the, the, the actual motion of the stars themselves slowly over time, um, he is sinking deeper and deeper into that squat. As um, Arcturus yeah. uh, goes further and further away from the constellation, which I like, <laughs> so he's like really, really leaning into that into that power spot. He's heavy, man. That, that world, she thick. She's getting heavy. But Arcturus <laughs> is a good one for finding other ones, like the common mm-hmm. phrases "Arc to Arcturus" and "Spike to Spica." Yeah. With the Big um, Dipper. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you start with the Big Dipper, and then you follow the tail of Ursa Major to the first bright star. So you. Um, arc to Arcturus, and that's in Bodies, and then you would spike to Spica, um, which is in one of the later constellations, Virgo, and then you kind of keep going. So, like, that's sort of how we remember where to find them when you're starting out learning the constellations. Yeah. So, are these the two best ones for finding all of the other ones that we'll talk about today? I would say so, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're okay. pretty easy. Some of them, some of the other ones, like Leo is kind of off on its own, but it it's mm-hmm. the most most like its constellation looking. Oh, yeah. That was not bad to find. I am excited to talk about this next one because uh, I only know it as a star sign of people who I can never date. And I've, I've done the trial and error. I can't date any Virgos. I don't know anything about Virgo or the constellation, though. So... Um, yeah, let's, let's get into that one. I'm curious. It looks like a dancing lady, a dancing figure in the sky. <laughs> um, yeah, Virgo, Virgo is one of my favorite constellations to talk about because I, I really like the Greek story of Virgo. Um, so Virgo's often looked at as like the maiden of spring because, uh, the brightest star in Virgo, Spica, um, it's like the herald of spring basically. And so in Greek mythology, oh. it's uh, it relates to the goddess of springtime, uh, Persephone. No That's kidding. Her. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, John told me about that recently. I, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I know, right? And How like you? the story of Persephone is really interesting because there's like two totally different takes on the story. Um, so like 
one take the one that I uh, like talking about is that like one day um, her name initially was Kor. Uh, so the goddess of springtime Kor translates to something like a like little girl or like something along those lines. She was like wandering in a field, you know, like making flowers grow and stuff. And she found this, uh, this tunnel and she was like, I'm going to go on an adventure today. And so she like climbed down the tunnel and it kept going and going. And she was Alice? like, oh, this is going really fast. I know. Right. <laughs> and uh, she ended up in the underworld um, and like uh, being a goddess, Alice. she, I know. Right. <laughs> Hello, Alice. in Wonderland. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so she like, she gets across the river sticks cause like she's a goddess. She doesn't need the payment or anything like that. Um, and she ends up like in the palace of Hades and she's just walking around, you know, like, Nepotism. yeah, honestly, uh, she's like walking around and she finds, uh, the garden of the underworld. And, uh, there's like plants that she's never seen before because, you know, stuff that grows in the underworld doesn't really grow on earth. And so she's like wandering around and uh, she finds this pomegranate tree and she was like, wow, this looks really cool. Like uh, she p- picks one of the pomegranates and she like cracks it open. She was like, oh, I wonder what this tastes like. And so she popped uh, six pomegranate seeds in her mouth and she ate them. And uh, after this happened, uh, Hades, he had like kind of come around and he saw this happening and he was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And she was like, what's wrong? And he was like, did you already eat those? And she <laughs> My was pomegranates. Like, yep. <laughs> Because um, if you eat from, like, the pomegranate tree in the underworld, you, like, belong to the underworld now, basically. And she's the goddess of springtime. It's so, like, so, like Adam and Eve. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I thought pomegranate trees are also found on Earth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It's so, eating from the underworld. Well, and the, the story is, Underworld like, food is different. Well, and the story is that there, like, weren't pomegranates until she ate these. And then uh, her... or Well, it wasn't, like, her punishment, but, like... Uh, Zeus came down and they were like trying to figure out what to do. And Zeus with his Zeus brain came up with the brilliant idea that, okay, she only ate six pomegranate seeds. So for six months out of the year, she lives in the underworld. And then for the other six months out of the year, she lives on earth. And so she brings the pomegranates with her to earth. Now, why couldn't um, Christian God do that with Eve? Like cut her some slack. She had one apple. So it's like (laughs) one month out of the year. She's got to live. Well, I was going to say... As someone who has pomegranates in their backyard in Phoenix, those suckers take a long time to grow. And not only that, mm-hmm. all <laughs> the animals want to eat the pomegranates. So if you have at yeah. least one good pomegranate on your tree, I would be upset if some rando came yeah. and took a pomegranate off my tree and started eating it. I also would put a curse on them. It wasn't Hades that put the uh, curse on uh, her. It was it was Zeus being like, okay, well, she has to live in the underworld, but she also like has to live on earth. And so, uh, for six months out of year, she comes up and like, she brings springtime and like summer and all of that. Um, and then she, uh, has to go live in the underworld for the other six months. And so like everything starts dying on earth and like everything gets cold and like no crops grow. And then it's also, uh, like part of it is, uh, Demeter, her mom, the goddess of the, uh, of the harvest, I think. Um, she like gets really depressed that her daughter is away from her. And so she like stops making things grow as well. And they just basically like shut down, um, earth for six months. Um, and so that's like one story is her just like wandering in the underworld. And then, uh, Zeus is like, okay, well you belong to the underworld now and you're a goddess. So like, uh, Hey, you and Hades should get married. And now not only are you the goddess of springtime, but you're also the queen of the underworld. And so that's where, uh, her name went from being Kor 
to being Persephone, which is like basically a bringer of death or chaos bringer. Um, and so it's because she just like created all of this chaos and everyone was like, you're no longer a little girl, you know? So <laughs> the other version is that she doesn't wander down there, but like Hades kidnaps her. So um, there's like two very different stories going on there. Beating the Beast, which I know, John, you've made that. Oh, yeah. It's before. a tale of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we are we I'm including myself in that we are hard scientists um what is the whole thing with like the zodiac and it being called is that just because Virgo like virgin like young lady no well so then why they call them like zodiac like or um, why do they have the names? Because, yeah, that's why Virgo's called that. But that's not, like, the reason it's in the Zodiac. So, um, Spica, uh, the big star in it, translates to, like, um, the, the virgin grain. of So, like, um, a seed that's ready to be planted, but specifically wheat. Um, and so, like, uh, it's Virgo, meaning, like, you know, um, Virgo the Virgin, right? Um, she, 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 unplanted seed. Um, unplanted seed. I didn't want to go there, but yeah, that's 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 kind of what it's that's kind of what it's going for with with, with the naming. Oh, God. gotcha. Let's move on. Sorry, <laughs> you asked. I, I set you up for that. I set you up for that. But we could talk about the science of Spica instead and how it's actually a double star. So it's oh, really cool because when you actually see Spica, like with your naked eye, it just looks like one. And even with like pretty strong telescopes, it still kind of looks like one. You really need to look at the light curve to be able to see that it is two stars. And they're really bright, energetic stars. So they, with your naked eye, look blue. And oh. that just means they have a lot of energy. And I like how earlier we were talking about, you know, we arc to Arcturus, which is a completely different color. It's yellow, kind of orangey. So it's an older, cooler star. And then you spike to Spica, which is like completely different. It's like this young, hot, bright star. I guess also that could go with the <laughs> Yeah. Definitely don't Google so, that if you're trying to find out about stars. <laughs> you will get the wrong answers. How to find. Let's go to Corvus. I have never heard of this before today and have no idea what this is. And the picture of it looks kind of dumb. It looks like a... A cartoon or something. It thinks you look dumb. <laughs> That's fine. It I told do. me. <laughs> um, dumb, I just like though. it because it's a it's a little crow. Oh, it's a crow. A little crow. Mm-hmm. You would never know that it's a crow. No, Corvus the crow is supposed to be like you can see its little tail feathers kind of off to the back. Um, it's in a lot of the depictions of like how it's traced together. It's like five stars or whatever. But like, there's like a little top part where his head goes. Um, and he's got his little little uh, tail feathers out the back, and then that one off to the, like the lower left is kind of like his little feet. Uh, and he was supposed to go get a cup, um, and that that cup is the constellation Crater, which is like kind of uh, nearby. 
to the right if you're looking directly at it. I like it because uh, he found like a fig tree and got distracted and just ate a bunch of figs for like a thousand years or something like that. <laughs> and then blamed it on a snake. Which yeah. I think is Hydra. Um, so he kills Hydra. Um, and then is like, the reason I took so long to bring the the cup was because I found this snake. And they're like, that snake's been dead a long time. Also, your <laughs> face is covered in figs. Mm-hmm. Um, and All but, the story so far is because someone wanted a snack. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, so he just ate figs for like a thousand years. But I like it because um, above where hit right where his head would be in the constellation, um, right just slightly on top of that is a uh, sombrero galaxy. <laughs> what? So yeah. He stopped for like a little fig party. <laughs> so he's got a little sombrero. He's like a little. He's got a little little sombrero, and he's eating the figs and dancing around, and he's like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in trouble. Uh, kill the thing. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> also, if you're if you're telling modern stories, um, the Virgo, Corvus, and Crater is uh, the story of Space Jam, uh, with Virgo being um, Michael Jordan. What? Uh, Corvus, Corvus, or Corvus is one of the like little aliens. And then um, Crater the Cup is uh, the basketball hoop. Now, you can tell modern stories for a modern audience. And this one, great story. And this depicts Michael Jordan dunking on that alien. Modern stories. Uh, when did Space Jam come out? <laughs> modern. But in a thousand years, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't let the ancient uh, cultures gatekeep. Tell whatever story you want. I mean, Space Jam is a story I can get behind, but I also like cute, distracted crow. Yeah, well, and he was like, he was getting the cup for Apollo, and he was like, he uh, was this beautiful, like white feathered bird, and when he ate the figs, the black sticky fig juice got like all up in his feathers, and so when he went there, that's like (laughs) one of the reasons that they knew like you were eating figs, you know. Um, and so Apollo yeah. being as petty as Apollo is, he was like, now all of your like children and grandchildren, grandchildren's children are going to have this black sticky fig juice in their feathers. And that's why crows are black now instead of white. That's so that cute. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It really is like the little kid, like with chocolate all, all over their mouth. Be like, yeah. I don't know what happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Still as old as time. <laughs> So if our next constellation doesn't involve a snack, I'm going to be really disappointed. But we've got Leo, which is another zodiac, mm-hmm. and it's a lion, and that's where my knowledge ends. I'll tell you, it sort of does involve a snack. I mean, it does. Yeah. It it te- yeah it technically could. The um, <laughs> uh, the Mesopotamian version does at least. Um, oh, what is that? Well, it ate some people. Oh well. I mean, well, <laughs> um, sort of. Like it tried to. Well, it was offered some people as a sacrifice, but then they they killed it. Anyway. Um, it's also the Neiman lion story, which is the Greek. Greek yeah. Lion. So wait, yeah. it's a lion that was offered a sacrifice. In- um, yeah. So um, I think it was. Um, Let me see if see, I can so see it. Mesopotamian lore. It's it's um, the lion Humbaba um, from like Gilgamesh stories. Okay. And the people on the boat offered it. Um, like, or one of the guys offered. Uh, it was like, here, my sister really likes mythical talking giant lions. 
um, would you like to meet meet her, eat her? You know, and then uh, when when it was like ah, they they basically just killed it or tried. I can't remember if they killed it. So they or... set a trap for it. Like here's a yummy snack. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it was a weird story. They were trying to steal all of the cedar wood that it had, was guarding. Mm. Um, and so they uh, distracted it and did some stuff to distract it more. I think they um, like cut its head off and put it in a bag and then um, stole all the wood. And then, um, but because it, it's, it's an, these people? Uh, not most of these old stories, they are oh, not God. good guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's a, it's part of those times. Like um, Greek, Greek mythology stories are also tend to be like pretty boring. Like they don't, uh, they, the only versions that are interesting that have like an actual good hero's journey are the modified versions that have been kind of mm-hmm. like told over time. But the original ones are pretty boring. So like the Neiman lion, um, the story is that Hercules had to go kill um, this lion whose skin could not be pierced by a blade. And the gods basically thought it would be funny to send Hercules to go uh, kill this lion with a sword uh, mm-hmm. because they knew that it couldn't be sliced up. And they're like, well, let's see what happens. It'll be hilarious. You know, yeah. jokes on. It's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. Um, <laughs> and so Hercules gets there, hits it with a sword, realizes he can't cut it. And is like, what do I do? Oh. Um, and then he just... Uh, so I think he just <laughs> snaps its back real fast. The end. Yeah. Um, or yeah, he just basically punched it to death. The end. And like to a to a to an ancient Greek, they'd be like, "Whoa, great story!" Yeah. I was like, no, 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 I want to see like a journey, but there yeah. were no journeys in a lot of these stories. It's very so they're like, like Jim Tan laundry story, and I don't yeah. like. <laughs> so Norse mythology is also like very much. Um, that same way, like let's 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 kill a guy because he looked at us, uh, Andrew. What you mean? And then the Mesopotamian stories are like we're like uh, you know you've got this guy's one third god I'm two thirds god and then <laughs> yeah I don't know and then the, yeah. the Greek stories are just really anticlimactic because it's supposed to showcase just how good they were so it's like it's over quick because he's the best you don't gotta tell no, me history man. was written by men we know yeah, true. <laughs> honestly with the Nemean lion. Um, he uh to like show off and be like oh i killed this like unkillable lion he used its own claw to skin it and wore it as armor because it couldn't be penetrated by a blade so there's a bunch of uh pictures of Hercules with a lion head yeah. behind him because it's it's the median lion definitely the guy that fudges his dice rolls and it's like oh no it's a 20 i, I punched it oh yeah oh it was another 20 i guess i get to i get, I get its claw and cut it open <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I never talk about the Greek mythology because it's always just so violent. And I always just like talking about like the fun and nice things like how in Leo, there's a galaxy called the Hamburger Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I want to know. <laughs> tell me about there's so more snacks. Okay, Exactly. Have- I know. And it, it, ties in, it ties in with the snack thing. So yeah, in Leo, um, there's a whole bunch of galaxies in Leo. And one of them is called the Hamburger Galaxy. And it's like an edge on spiral galaxy. And it's really cool i believe it's actually part of one of the leo triplets um but again yeah there's like triplets of galaxies in leo somewhere called the hamburger and then there's some really cool stars in leo too so did telemy or whatever that greek's name was he's the one who named it hamburger yeah he came up with hamburgers gotcha the um the leo triplets are affectionately affectionately known as the litter box (laughs) (laughs) um 
because of their position <laughs> uh, oh. compared to Leo. <laughs> I do not have those on the graphic. I have pulled them for reference and I'm sad about it. <laughs> this one actually does look like a lion though. Like yeah, I can actually yeah. see yeah. some beast form in this constellation. Mm -hmm. uh, this one in Virgo, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. The next one, I am very confused about <laughs> from just it being a constellation is confusing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's literally just three stars that look like a dumb R. And it <laughs> may be a triangle. I don't quite understand. And I also can't pronounce it. Uh, Coma Berenices. Coma Berenices. Coma so Berenices. The, the the graphic you've got just shows three stars, but yeah. you look at it and it is a, um, I don't know if it's actual cluster, but it's a, uh, it looks like a big swath of cool stars all oh, together. I just have a dumb graphic. It's very pretty. It used to be the tail of Leo the Lion, like his little wispy tail. They flick around when he got excited about things. Um, <laughs> he saw Hercules is to eat and he flicked that tail. <laughs> why, is, why did it used to be? It isn't anymore. Um, there's a story about it. Uh, um, I think it's hilarious. But... Oh, I was just going to um, add that uh, Coma is it is a star cluster. Oh, oh, is it? Okay. That means they're all together relatively close yeah. in comparison to universe standards. Yes, yeah. They actually are. <laughs> they actually yeah. are next to each other. Yeah, I see that now in a different graphic. It's very pretty. It looks like a sparkly diamond. Yeah, for a magical uh, line. So yeah, what's the tale story? Oh, the t the tale story is that um, basically there's a, a lady um, uh, named Queen Bernice, basically, mm -hmm. and um, uh, some I think it was like uh, not her husband, but someone was out on campaign fighting in a war, mm -hmm. and she sacrificed. She like decided to cut off her beautiful hair and leave it as an offering to the gods, um, as a way to say like bring my you know, husband home safe. Um, and I'll, you can have this hair as a sacrifice. So um, she basically put it outside on an offering plate on top of a hill on a little pillar on a windy day. Um, and uh, next day it's gone. Weird. Uh, so um, the, the only conclusion one can come to is that someone stole that hair. Yeah. Um, and so she was like, ready to murder people. She was like, someone took the offering because they want my husband to die or they want mm -hmm. this guy to die. Someone stole the hair off of this plate up on a windy hill. Bless her um, heart. So, uh, it, you know, ugh. Um, and so she was like ready to execute a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So an astronomer um, uh, back, back, back in the day uh, basically made up a lie and she bought it and basically said like, Oh, what? Oh, it's crazy. Look up in the sky. There's a new constellation. It is, it looks just like the most beautiful lock of hair I have ever seen. It came here today and was definitely not part of the lion thing. Um, wow. If someone offered some hair to the gods, they probably took it up and thought it was so great. They put it in the night sky and she bought it. Um, yep. And like, I can only imagine like that, that monk, or that astronomer was just like, dear diary, today was weird. <laughs> I hate my job. Yeah. Right? So it's named uh, Coma Berenice's or, 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 or uh, Bernice's hair.
the last two are more zodiac signs. The next one is the uh, Cancer, which I know is the celestial crab because it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I think it's like I see its little pinchers like flying down. When I see it in the sky, you can only really see like two stars. At least I oh, can only mm-hmm. see like two stars in the whole yeah. thing. I mean, you can, I guess, like assume which one might be like that upside down Y shape, but it's the faintest Zodiac constellation. Um, oh, and it's, it's mm-hmm. really, it's really difficult to see. And it's pretty abstract because it is like, like a line basically. Mm-hmm. So, but it is a crab. I feel like that zodiac sign is like a, a joke. It always gets like the the butt of everything, where there's like, oh, what's my what's the name of my sign? It's Cancer. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> and they talk about the symbol of that, and they're like, oh yeah, you can't really see it either in the sky. And they're like, ah. <laughs> I think. I mean, I I always kind of see it. It's got like the little fiddler crab shaped body, and then like little pincers kind of coming up, and little little tails kind of popping around. And beehive clusters sort of like in the yeah. part of its body, you know? Yeah. How do you find it in the sky? Except for beehive. Yeah, beehive's like the only thing I can see out of cancer. So you go Big Dipper, Arcturus, Arc to Arcturus, and then Spike to Spica. And then start to cross the sky and you'll find Leo. And then mm-hmm. Leo kind of identifies the next set of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is on the other side of the night sky. It's like in the middle uh, during the spring. Oh, okay. I mean, it's all so. I mean, the zodiacs are all like along that ecliptic line. Another boring story. Really? Because that sounds like a little crab. Like, I got your legs. I yeah. Mean- <laughs> um, he's um, all, all the people were supposed to, all the gods were supposed to send trials for um, Herc. Mm-hmm. And Poseidon Herc. was like, um, any of my sea creatures rise from the depths, attack Hercules, give him a fight. And the only one that came was this little crab. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and Hercules just stepped on it real fast, and then it was dead. Yep. The yep. end. <laughs> because Herc is so strong. Yeah. I picture him like with like a little mustache and he's like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And he's like really tiny and then Hercules just like mash. <laughs> Cancer's like one of the ones where the um you know, like a lot of people are like, Well, why doesn't this look like that? Or why doesn't this look like that? And it's because it happened the other way around. Um, we had stars in the night sky that helped us know things about the seasons. And they were an early um, annual calendar for people. And they needed mnemonics to help them remember what that star was supposed to tell them about planting and about when the seas would be stormy and when mm-hmm. winter and things like that. And people already knew all of these mythological stories because they're the ones that you pass down and talk about and tell, tell each other. And so they started, they tried to associate the ones um, that had something in the story that would help them remember something about that star. So like a lot of them are stretches because they didn't look and say like, look, a crab. They said, okay, that when that little cluster there happens, it's like crab harvesting season is coming or something. (laughs) And so like, then they're like, what's a story that we know that has something to do with crab? Okay. Oh, that story about cancer with Hercules. Okay, so well, it sort of looks like a crab if you pretend over there. Mm-hmm. And so it was. It wasn't. It wasn't like they saw it and said that looks like X. It was mm-hmm. most cultures did it the other way around. Yeah, that makes way more sense. 
because this feels like a lot of these are kind of stretches. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because it's not like they're painting pictures in the sky. They just needed a way to remember, like, what's going on with that fuzzy thing when that happens? Oh, yeah, it's the story of the crab. Oh, yeah, we should, like, start working on our traps because pretty soon we're going to have to put them out there or whatever. Is Gemini the next one that we're talking about? Is like, oh, time to have twins? <laughs> uh, no, Gemini uh, was about sailing, I believe. Um, they're the patron um, oh. gods of sailing, or patron uh, of sailing in, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gemini twins. One was immortal, one was not. Um, so uh, it's Cassar and Pollux. Pollux mm-hmm. was um, immortal because of a story that we shouldn't we shouldn't get into. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then the other one was, uh, so his brother Castor was um, just like a normal dude. And they were both rapscallions and they they, they were on the Argus. So um, they'd sail a lot. And it was said that um, uh, Pollux's immortal presence was why the boat never could like sink. Mm-hmm. Um, it would keep it um, steady during storms. And um, But like when Castor died uh, or was dying, Pollux basically gave him like half of his um, immortality so they could like Aww. be besties. Um, in the afterlife as well. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. Yeah, so they're boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they, I mean, they stole a bunch of stuff and and tried to con people and stole, stole cattle and things like that. And then, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, there's they're specifically known for um, if you sail when Pollux is around, it was basically like um, good seas because he's sort of blessing mm-hmm. your voyage. Uh, and as far as the Gemini and Cancer, uh, Hannah, were there any weird sciency things in those? With the Gemini and Cancer, I mean, we talked about the Beehive Cluster, which was an open oh, cluster yeah. in uh, mm-hmm. Cancer. And so you can actually see that one with your naked eyes in the night sky. And again, oh, that's cool. how a lot of people find Cancers. They're like, oh, I see the cluster, so it must be over here. Um, that's another stellar nursery? That's where they came from. So they came from oh. a space cloud, but they aren't there mm-hmm. anymore. Um, they're gotcha. just kind of hanging out, trying to spread out and just become normal stars i mean they are normal stars but they're still close together mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. they didn't move out of state for college so. yeah exactly they're still at home they're still fine <laughs> on their way um and i don't know too much about uh gemini i know castor and pollux how i can tell the two twins apart is um pollux the bright star the head of one of the twins is closest to a star called Procyon. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so this one, this is Pollux because it's next to Procyon. And then Castor is next to a bright star called Capella. And so I'm like, okay, so now I know mm-hmm. this one's Castor because it's by Capella. This one is Pollux because mm-hmm. it's by Procyon. So that's yeah. how I so like they're finding stars yeah. for astronomers. A science cool thing about Castor is it's actually a six star system. So we've got like single star systems like our solar system. We've got binary star uh, systems where there's like two stars and Castor is a six star system. So it's like a six body problem. Like how does that work? <laughs> it's like uh, it's like it's three binary pairs that are all in close proximity, basically. And are there celestial objects going around each pair? That's the three body problem. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> pretty that's pretty rare. Like it, it would either collapse it in or whip it out mm-hmm. um, of, of its like mm-hmm. gravitational field pretty quickly or um, yeah, maybe in like the rare chance. I mean, there's you know, a lot of stars out there, so mm-hmm. maybe. It does say that Pollux 
is known to have at least one giant planet around it. Uh, yeah, they don't say anything about Castor, but uh, mm-hmm. Pollux has one. Cool. And Oh, okay. Just Pollux Just alone Pollux. by itself. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the other twin pairs identified with Gemini in the Western world include the older and younger Horus, which isn't that Egyptian? Yeah, that's um, Egyptian. And the mythical founders of Rome. Romulus and Remus, which I just know Romulus because, like, that's some Star Trek stuff. (laughs) We are, like, past time. I had more stuff here to talk about. We were going to talk about puppies. uh, (laughs) Canis Major. I was going to talk about the poop deck of the Argus. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Hannah, for your your nerdy sciencey stuff, and Haley for your nerdy sciencey stuff and stories. And John Compton is always for telling the weirdest stories that we have available to us. Space Jam, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> no gatekeeping. <laughs> we want to ask any questions or have any requests for constellation stories. Hashtag Ask Star Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and you can use that on Twitter. Go check out our Discord. It it different and it's cool <laughs> and tweet us at uh star stuff pod on twitter thanks guys bye bye nerds bye this podcast was brought to you by lowell observatory members and subscribers like you 